0: Get, get, get! Open here! Ah! <laughs> Damn it, son of a bitch! Open! Come on,
1: open! Damn it! I'll kick your ass!
2: The <laughs> this is funny. I want
1: the Matrix. Shut up, asshole! <laughs> we Eliminate him! Oh god, yeah, I saw this the other day. And that's another thing. At some point, I want to bring up during the episode, probably when we get around going. to talking about the movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I hate it when pe- I absolutely fucking hate it when people decide to take the Steve Jablonsky scores from the live-action films and put them to the TFTM animation. Oh god! That's not the fucking music that was supposed to that was meant for that movie. Well, neither was the touch that
2: was meant for Cobra. But still, yeah, that's
3: a better fit than what they're trying to do. <laughs> that, that,
2: that, you, know, that, that, you know, the scene where Optimus is mowing down Decepticons? That was meant for the scene where Sylvester Stallone picked up the bad guy and impaled him in a hook.
1: <laughs> yes, we know, but yeah. that didn't happen. So just You know it... what? It did happen. One second. Yes, I know it did happen. You sent me the link a couple days ago. I know it did happen because somebody finally put it together. But Stand it, it, fits. Got... it actually did... fits. Stand did not get paid to put the touch in Cobra.
2: It fits, though. It fits so well. I'm not saying it doesn't fit. I'm just saying... <laughs> it works better than it does the Transformers. Mm, no, I disagree with that. It was written for those scenes. Here, watch it again. I'm not watching it again. I already watched it once. <laughs> but it fits so much better.
1: You know what would have been really funny, Neil?
2: What?
1: If that guy had
2: substituted uh, Galvatron for Butthead. No, but you watch it, it actually works really well. It, it was meant for this movie. It was written for this movie. <laughs> it's what was intended. But it's not what happened. It happened right now. I'm watching it happen. Well, it's not what happened legally, damn it. My god, Cobra was a terrible movie.
1: <laughs> You're just realizing this now?
2: No, I always knew it was terrible. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, Neil, what is
1: the, what's wrong with Beast Wars and Beast Machines? Why don't you like that? We stuff?
2: aren't gonna do Beast Wars and no, Beast no, Machines we're not, right we're now.
1: Not. I'm asking him before we start. I want to know because since we're all talking about Transformers today, I want to know since it's a since I, I'm already done. I'm I've done G1. I've done Beast Wars and Beast Machines. I'm past all the argument, all of the debate. I'm past all that crap. I'm just curious why I've seen Neil post about he doesn't
2: like either show. I'm wondering why. He actually explained this on the comments. Well, I don't read a lot of the comments, so. Okay, Neil, tell him again. Wait, I walked away. What was this? Uh, why, why, like why? Beast Wars Beast is machines. a fan wink.
3: Why it's a fan wink, or why I don't like it?
1: Why don't you like Beast Wars and Beast Machines?
3: Because it's not trans. Well, it is Transformers, but it's it's so divorced from this other show that I like. It's like this isn't the show I I grew up with. This isn't. This is some alien thing that someone else came up with. It's like get get these fucking zoo animals out of my robot show. What, what <laughs> the fuck is this?
1: <laughs>
3: okay, well there, there are some cool storylines in it, but I'm just like, eh. And the animation, I'm like, eh.
2: In the fan league argument, please.
3: Uh, well, that was God. You're trying to get make me dig up something that I said a while
2: ago. Um, it was a great argument, though. I enjoyed reading it.
3: Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't really prepare for it. I wasn't. I wasn't really even planning on
2: talking about Beast Wars. Actually.
3: Neither was I. But
2: but well, no, we haven't even started.
1: I was just asking a question to kind of get into the Transformers vibe to get away from everything else. I was trying to transition, and that's why I asked the question. That's all. It's
2: it's fine. He was it's, trying to be transformed. Not like It's not like you, not like you ha- shut up.
1: It's not like this, you-
3: basically it had to do with season three. It was just I. I, I got wind that season three was basically them trying to set. Set the world back right so that so the G one would happen, and I was like, really, why? Why can't this show be its own thing? Why? Why? Why is it trying to appeal to me and yet be something that's not what I want to watch? It, it was like this. It was like this weird, this weird trying to have its cake and eat it too. I was like, what is this? What? What are you? Why are you trying to draw me in and then yet repel me at the same time? I, I don't. I don't get this show and. Beast Machines, even more so. I'm just like, what the hell is going
2: on? It's Cybertron like, was organic once. Ugh, I, don't, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> that is, I love so that, Marv Wolfman. That right, there is a, that
3: right there is a direct contradiction from the original show. True. Like, When was it ever organic? Oh, wait, it wasn't. It was a fucking factory. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love Marv Wolfman, but no. The... Did you enjoy the interview, guys? Yes, right.
1: that, that was very good. Haven't listened to it yet. God damn it! (laughs) See, I listened to it yet, but but uh, you know the only thing I'm going to say you know uh, uh, else about Beast Wars and Beast Machines is really about it reviving the fandom. Yes, it's not it's not us from the it's not the kids from the '80s show. It's it was a show for the you know the kids that grew up in the '90s, and it if we didn't have Beast Wars and Beast Machines, we wouldn't have never gotten any of the articulated toys that we have nowadays. We, we wouldn't have gotten animated, which I know a lot of people don't like animated. We wouldn't have gotten Transformers Prime. You know, we wouldn't have a lot of the stuff that we, we have now. We wouldn't
2: the Robots in the Skies. We wouldn't have gotten Unicron. Michael technology.
1: Bay. Okay, all right. Let's not get into that argument, JT. I'm just – all, all is I'm saying is <laughs> – oh. Shut up, JT. Regardless of how you feel about the cartoon, that's fine. Anyone can have their own opinions about cartoons. I have my opinion that I like the 1994 Spider-Man cartoon. Ben hates the shit out of it. That's fine.
2: Well, only because the the writing was shit, shit, the animation was shit, shit. the CG was shit, the colors were shit. My point
1: here is is that Beast Wars started the rejuvenation of the Transformers fandom to what it is now. That's just my point. That's my only point here. That I will
3: acknowledge, but there's a problem with that. That's not a reason to watch it. It's not a reason for me to watch it today. I give it. I can give it credit for for restarting the fandom. I don't have to watch it.
2: Yeah, it's sort of like sort of like you know reboot brought in the CG fans, but there's no reason to watch it now because there's so much better CG now. Yeah. Although I, I
3: like reboot better than I do uh, Beast Wars because it was its own thing. It was its own thing, and it it did have a sense of humor. I'm not gonna. I kind of knocked it for the animation, but I can't knock it too much because I also like Roger Ramjet. Roger Ramjet is. Barely animated. <laughs> but it's the funniest goddamn cartoon that it was ever made. Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into telecast, geekcastradio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All. Salute your shorts, saved by the bell, and much, much more. Only on GeekCastRadio.com.
2: And welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, I am your host Ben, and we're joined by my co-host TV Mr. Neil. No welcome wagon, hello stranger, with that good coffee
3: flavor for you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we have with us uh, this episode is a blanched episode with Mike Blanchard because nothing quite <laughs> describes talking to Mike like being boiled in water.
1: And every time I get in a conversation with Ben, my brain breaks because he tries to overanalyze the most awesome shit. <laughs>
2: And that's fine, but we also have JT from Task you.
4: Well, I was happy to be here, but you know Mike's outburst seriously makes me rethink.
2: <laughs> and tonight we are talking about uh, transformers that uh, uh, that awesome uh, Sunbow Marvel production from the 80s. And, which is quite God, fitting because, eighties. which is quite fitting because last week we just talked to Marv Wolfman. The man who brought
1: back Optimus Prime.
2: I didn't know Marv Wolfman knew necromancy. <laughs> <laughs> well it's well, kind of interesting really. It's uh, we had uh, we had Flint Dilly, the man who killed Optimus Prime, and Marv Wolfman, the man who resurrected him. But it took longer than three days. And uh, moving on, uh, we're talk we're talking about G one. Uh it all started with a little uh little with a little mini series called More Than Meets the Eye. Yes. And uh, what I remember watching it was, I was just amazed that number one, how they made the Cybertronian modes look. Because I watched more than meets the eye way after the rest of the series. Like I remember, Bubblebee was like this hover car with wings, and uh, and Soundwave was a pillar. Yeah. Wheeljack turned into a minivan.
1: <laughs> a, a a hovercraft minivan,
2: but a minivan nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it, the sorry, Ben. And as we know, we know what the rest of the story is with the Ark crashing and the the Nemesis crashing and the the volcano erupting, you know, shifting the Ark just enough that where the war was started once again. I just
4: love the way the, the Ark was always sticking out from underneath the volcano there and it's like... Did no one ever notice the giant metallic spaceship's ass that was sticking out of the base? But as as Andrew? we
2: all know, as we all know, it wasn't until the Maximals and the and the Predacons and, no. oh, and here we go. No,
1: no, 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 no. We're not and going no. down that road. We're
2: not- I was gonna say that
3: uh, this first episode is what hooked me because in the first episode you get, you get you get awesome Cybertronian vehicle modes, and then in and the this, pillar. Uh, and, well, I thought he was like a streetlight. I don't know what the hell that was, but. Uh, they hop aboard the spaceship, they're looking for energy, and they slam into a mountain, and they they all die, and I'm like, yes, I must watch more. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a weird thing, because they all die before the first commercial break. Or they go into, into stasis, stasis mode. It's like they were taunting the, the TV execs. They were like, oh, we can't kill anybody in the show, we'll kill everyone.
2: That's yeah, more like, we can't kill nothing bullshit. <laughs> and I remember Othmus' first line when he was resurrected. Thanks! Thanks it a thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> hey that Just was like, great joy, mobility what I enjoyed <laughs> was in the first two seasons they really worked hard to make every every autobot in decepticon have it have his own special power like mirage could make to make hologram no make himself no, disappear hound
1: mirage hound made holograms i don't think Mirage
3: could turn invisible
4: Jet. Uh, sideswipe had a jetpack
2: yeah, no. and uh, yeah, and all of them had unique powers, and uh, and Optimus had uh... Trailbreaker, yeah, Roller, <laughs> Roller,
4: yes, Roller. No, no he did have it. He he was able to bend space and time because where the hell did the trailer go?
3: <laughs>
4: I Let's
2: it. not forget the battle axe on his hand.
4: Oh yeah, that, that that that's
2: just a combat upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> and the and Megatron had a battle Morningstar.
1: or flail what what i remember about this series is i remember the series itself but it's more so my mom would let me watch anything it wouldn't matter i watched i go back and i review stuff that i watched as a kid and i'm surprised that i watched it as a kid because of what it's rated um but every time i would go over to my aunt's house and i would turn this on my aunt would you know see it and come in and what's this oh we don't like violence in this house you can't watch that cartoon and I'm like, really? It's just a cartoon. I know the difference between make-believe and, you know, real real life.
3: You should have said, why do you have a TV then?
2: <laughs> exactly. well, is this the real life or is this just fantasy? Shh. Oh, this God. is not
1: Seattle. There are no seven strangers here. <laughs>
2: well, caught in the landslide.
1: No escape. Okay. Um, yeah, but for me, yeah, more, more like Neil said, More Than Meets the Eye hooked you in. The only issue I had with More Than Meets the Eye really is that both factions can fly. After this three-parter, the Autobots can't
2: fly without jetpacks. Well, packs. the thing—the thing, the thing is—in in, this three-parter, Optimus needed one of the other Autobots' jetpacks to Side reach yep. yep. Yeah, but that was at the end. I mean, they're they're flying
4: to the dam. Yeah.
2: And uh, like... and what I remember was Optimus's. This is one of the three only appearances of Optimus's mobile command station.
3: Yep. Actually, I think it only appeared twice. Roller appeared three times. Really? Yes. Okay. And, and it, the other the other appearance was Attack of the Autobots.
1: Yeah, the the command station never really showed up at all. I yeah. barely remember I I, rem, I more I remember it more so with the toy than I do with the cartoon.
3: Yeah, and it wasn't on model in this episode, it was later. Yeah. And I can kinda of see why they didn't want to use it, because that was made for the uh for the diaclone series where you're supposed to put the little little toy people inside the compartments and Yeah. it really doesn't work for the Transformers. No. Yeah,
4: I always wondered that as a kid. Like, my first Transformer was, I think it was Bombshell, the uh, stag, like the stag beetle insecticon. And it's like, oh, it's cool. My first Transformer
2: was like, why does he have a cockpit? Oh, we were talking about that on the Marv Wolfman interview.
4: Yeah. Like, I didn't know about, well, obviously it was like the 80s in the middle of Canada and the internet. What the hell is the internet? So I. For years, like, I had a whole bunch of trans- all of my Transformers, like, the early ones had these cockpits. I was like, what the hell is going on here? But, no, it's like this first... I love the-, the pilot like the pilot miniseries where the meets the eye. My- the one thing I had that bothered me about this thing, not bothered, it's just I kind of find funny, it's like, okay, Spike and Sparkplug, you know, they took to, like, talking robots from into the world. Cool. I'd be freaking the frick out, and then I think the strangest thing for me is in that pilot episode is, like, Spike's out in the, this hill. You know, he's writing in his diary, journal, whatever, and he's like, oh, cool.
3: Dear journal.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I made some new friends today.
3: Patty Manet stood me up again.
4: <laughs> yeah. And then he's walking back to the, to the arc, and he's like, hey, random cassette deck out in the middle of nowhere. This could in no way possibly be an enemy Decepticon. I was like, really?
3: (laughs) Young Spike was stupid.
1: Now, see, okay, before we get too much further into this, I do do have to put a disclaimer out to the Animation Aficionados listeners. I have already torn this series to shreds with the TFG1 podcast. That was one of my first notes. How does Spike not see regardless if he if he doesn't even know of decepticons how does he not see the giant purple symbol that's different from the autobots on the fucking cassette deck
4: well if he didn't know about the decepticons how would he know about the symbol
2: that's true but you know to be fair even what's her name in uh, revenge of the fallen could spot a decepticon oh, okay symbol. let well,
1: we're not even yeah we're not even going there <laughs> fuck, that, fuck that movie oh shit decepticons
3: he meets the Autobots for the first time, and he doesn't freak out at all. He should have been like, "Ah,
1: they know our language. We're doomed. We don't have the internet. How did they possibly learn this stuff?" I like eBay. how Optimus, when he first, like when he first kneels down in front of Spike, he's like, "We're Autobots from Cybertron," and he points up to the sky. <laughs> it's like, like
4: we come from the sky place. And I was like, "You think Sparkplug would have had a heart attack?" You know, he's like. Wow, robots from another left arm, tightening jaw, set.
1: Tell your mother I loved her. <laughs>
2: you know, tell your mother she was a bitch. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I was speaking, going, sp- speaking of which, where the hell is Mrs. Whitwicky? goddammit? it! How the hell did Spike? Do you really how the what, was Spike even born? Really
2: what miss Whitwicky in the cartoon because we saw how that went on in the Bay movie. Oh Jesus.
4: You imagine if there was secretly, like, an episode done for this original series back in the day, and the mother was the movie mother? I was like, oh, God, it's
2: all coming back to me. I imagine that they actually had something written down that was very similar to that, and someone up above, maybe Flint Dilly, does
4: Yeah, he probably is like, uh, the mother's an archaeologist, and she's not home a
1: lot.
2: Yeah, it's, like no. I said... The, we saw what happens with the Witwicky Mother, and now you're saying, we want the Witwicky Mother, and I'm like, but we Okay, but what there's, a, the,
1: the, there's a big difference if, they, if the people that were writing the cartoon in the 80s put her in there, versus the jackholes that wrote the fucking movies nowadays.
4: Yeah, but we can't talk about humans and Transformers without uh, talking about the motivational speaker that is Chip Chase.
1: Oh, oh God. Here we go. No one's ever really disabled as long as he has courage.
4: Even as a kid, as... My first Transformers tape, like, aside from watching on TV, my dad got me, uh, like, a couple of, like, the FHE, like, Family Home Entertainment used to put out a lot of cartoons in the 80s. They had the episode, uh, uh, what was the name of the one where they have to go to Wheeljack's uh, garage on Cybertron?
1: God. (laughs) Wasn't it Divide and Conquer? Or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, It was one of the ones where Optimus got destroyed. Yeah, well, he
2: was taken apart, and they made a crocodile out of him. Not that episode. Not that, that, that that's, episode. That's a terrible episode. No, <laughs> so it's like the one he's on the operating
4: table, and the stars laser beak shows it, flies in, and like you know, blasts
3: him in the chest, and yeah. Him. Oh, and by the way, the chest is wide open. Where's the Matrix? Yes, well,
2: yes. Well, he yeah. took the he took the red pill. Damn it! Yeah.
3: Shut up. Just that, no.
2: Just
4: that episode is like.
2: What well, about the one where they made the duplicate Prime and they did, they they showed the X-ray of Prime and there was no Matrix there either?
4: Yeah. I always liked the, was it Autobot X where they put Spike's brain or mind into like this Franken-
2: Frankenstein.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh. And then they're all surprised when he goes batshit insane. It's like, he's a human friggin' being. They have problems with everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they can't just download themselves into an alternate form. like. Well, they download the Autobots into some human bodies. Yes. Oh, oh God. That, okay, we'll get to, we'll
4: get to that in season three, but yeah, no, it's just Spike. I mean, yeah, like Neil said, the movie Spike, like the adult Spike from the movie in the season three onward, you know, oh, shit.
2: he was competent.
4: You know, I, I don't think he was that much more intelligent at times, but he was at least more competent.
2: And a bit of a pedophile, as we saw in Headmasters. Oh, it never. Wait, you're talking about the
1: headmaster's Japanese series? No, 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 that doesn't count.
2: What? I, I don't the end even credits. The end credits where he has oh no, no, that
1: doesn't count.
2: We're we're gonna talk about that, but later. <laughs> okay, but back back to season one of G One. No, I, there's a lot of episodes I love, and season one, and season two is where I really love the show. I love the season one opening the most because season two was an okay opening. Season three and four's openings sucked.
1: I love season three and season four's uh, themes.
2: It, it's a chorus line with 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 a dry cough, as Neil put it. Yeah, ah, 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 ah. that's what. It no,
4: is. I, I think like my favorite episode of season one, I and mean, I mean this is back when I was a kid and I didn't know nothing about nothing, was uh, the Skyfire episode. Oh yes, where you know you, or Jetfire is it? Did they ever switch it to Jetfire or was it always Skyfire?
3: It was always Skyfire. He was Jetfire at the comic book. Okay.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I just.
4: Because the whole idea of him, like, you know, okay, Starscream was a scientist, sure. (laughs) I mean, I didn't appreciate the idea that, you know, this uh, character who is a scientist and becomes a terrorist until much later in life. But, (laughs) you know, it's just the idea that, you know, he sacrificed himself. Like, he switched sides. Like, this isn't right. And. He sacrificed himself to save the Autobots. And I mean, even as a kid, that got to me. And, and then it,
3: they just dug him up two
2: episodes later. Well, well I, I love, well, I love I'm okay. they, what I love is they were like the episode with the Dinobots where they were basically digging around the Ark and they found some dinosaur bones and wheeljacks. Hmm, this is interesting. They built some dinosaur Autobots. And then they have like dino brains.
3: That episode is so stupid. <laughs> First of all, there's an earthquake in the Ark. And Spike starts feeling the walls. He's like, the tremors are stronger over here, Optimus. And I'm like, he can feel a difference in the earthquake intensity by walking across the room. And then the Autobots just blast open the wall where he was. And the fossils aren't even embedded in the rock. They're just laying there.
2: Yeah, it's just like Wheeljack is uh, It's like, I will mess with life. You know, and just, then, it, what I, what I love is they built them, and for some reason, because they have dino bodies, they have dino brains, and they had to use like a brain enhancer to make them like as smart as a as a retard. Well, they oh. had not
4: created Vector Sigma yet, so you know.
2: Yeah. Well, what, what, what I love is this: they made them from like you know animal animals smart to human retard smart. Because I'm I'm sorry, you might love Grimlock, but he talked and acted like a retard.
4: Yes, but he went full retard, and <laughs> yeah. that's why we love him.
2: And
3: then in the movie, he became a pet.
2: In the movie, he, in the movie, you know you know, in the movie, the first thing Optimus did is say, take, take out Devastator, you know, take out the strongest, uh, Gestalt of the Decepticons and, and, uh, and Grimlock in full retard fashion says, me Grimlock live a challenge. And then got his ass kicked.
1: The only Dinobot that actually got any, you know, advance Excuse on me. Devastator in the movie was Slag.
2: Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs>
3: What I love about the construction of the Dinobots is that they they did it apparently in the span of like twenty minutes because uh, it's like meanwhile at a at a uh, at the at the dam you know you got Soundwave and reflectors spying on like a couple humans for some ungodly reason mm-hmm. and then they go back and the Dinobots are finished so it's like from the time it took Soundwave to return to Decepticon headquarters they had built the Dinobots
4: yeah, yeah. I mean the the. Length of time, like it, it could be debated how long it actually took, but yeah, it did seem to take pretty quick. And it's just, I didn't. Okay, as a kid, you know,
2: again, my memory says
4: like robot dinosaurs, woohoo!
2: <laughs> and my love is just how easy it was. I mean, even Megatron was able to use uh, Grimlock's retard rage to his benefit once. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah. We all know. That.
4: <laughs> and what what cured is, like, not, not more intelligent robot dinosaurs, <laughs> just two more dumb robot dinosaurs.
3: What I loved about that episode is, at the end, Optimus Prime saves Grimlock from, uh, I don't know, by pushing him, uh, like, two feet out of the way of an exploding uh, yeah. meteorite. And Grimlock gets up, and he goes up to Megatron, and he's like, You tricked me! Bad Megatron!
2: <laughs> and he shakes his finger at Megatron, and Megatron's like, Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as a retard, he he might be a bipolar retard at that. Okay, well, maybe, the one maybe
1: thing just... we're kind of glossing over here about the Dinobots is that while they're in their dinosaur form, Megatron can't screw with them because of their brute strength. Mm-hmm. Granted, when they transform and they start trying to use their pea brains, that's when he really screws with them. <laughs>
2: Shut up, I man. note that most of the times they like fighting in their in their dinosaur forms more than their robot forms. They rarely use their robot forms for combat.
1: Right. The so, only like... time really that we really see them using their 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 the their, their robot forms is you know, me Grimlock kick butt. Me Grimlock need new strategy when they're you know flaming someone's yeah, Grimlock... ass.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, after a while, they just started hanging out in their in their dinosaur modes, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. well, we have robot forms." <laughs> Tell Grimlock about petro rabbits. It it was like Swoop was the only one that remembered that he could transform. Well, Swoop <laughs> had an awesome looking
2: robot form, though. With yeah, that he mohawk. Did. He did.
1: Uh, I my besides Grimlock, Grimlock will always be my favorite just because of the way Greg Berger voiced him. Swoop and Snarl, the two new ones, the. I guess Tyrannodon and Stegosaurus, those were always my two favorites. I never really cared for Sludge or Slag. I just was never a fan of those dinosaur types as a kid.
2: Well, everyone liked, loved the Triceratops. Everyone did. Yeah, I liked Slag. But Sludge was just kind of dumb. And he had, a, he had a terrible voice. Yeah. Me Grimlock, I'm king. Let's see. Me
1: Grimlock, not kisser. Me king.
2: <laughs> and, of course, we have to talk about the newscaster from Transformers that also in G.I. Joe. But I don't remember what episode he was in. It was uh,
3: Hector Ramirez. Yeah. uh,
2: Which ties together the continuities, but it doesn't. Well,
1: they are both Sunbow shows, so, I mean, of course they're gonna tie stuff together. I mean, hell, look at season 2. I know, I'm
2: I'm just just making fun of the fact that some people say, you know, that's enough to tie in the universes. And he was also
3: in Humanoids and Gem, and thank God he was not in My Little Pony.
2: You would have killed yourself if there was any way to link my little pony to transformers, wouldn't you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh no, he's in one of the <laughs> worst ones. Oh god! After the evil Lord Chumley stole the top secret Soviet jet, the blame was placed on the United States. Hector Ramirez appeared on TV commenting that the new hostilities between the U.S. and the Soviet Union, erupting from this incident, uh, uh, prime target was the episode. Yeah, that was that was one of the Fidilly episodes. <laughs>
3: That was like a ripoff of the most dangerous game.
1: There's there's one line that I absolutely love from from as from prime in that he goes, Oh look, the booby trap cat cat caught some boobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God.
3: laughs> Boob meant something different back then. That was one of the episodes that also tied it to G.I. Joe 'cause the, the uh the October Guard was in that. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. God, why
3: do I remember that? That's such that's obscure even for G. I. Joe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh we also have to talk about the female Autobots. Yeah. God. you, you had uh you had Alita <laughs> One and you also had um, Firestar Moonracer. Moon Racer. Yeah. God damn it, why do you remember that?
1: <laughs> because I am a G one fan, motherfucker.
3: <laughs> and They actually were pretty confident characters, but they only I, I was actually surprised that they only appeared once.
2: Yeah, they, they they so underutilized them.
3: I was sure that Alita One was in more, more than one episode. I was like
2: Well she was, when they revealed the the origin of Prime. Yeah, but that was that was done like as a retcon. That was yeah. they,
3: when they wrote, when David Wise wrote that episode, he didn't even know that about Alita One until he ran into someone else and it's like, Oh, we can make this one character.
4: Mm-hmm. See my thing with the female Autobots is like the whole episode is like, are they gonna take their helmets off and show us their robo hair? <laughs> no.
2: No. And this is me. This, no. this is me now. This was me as a kid. I was like, well they're girls. They gotta have hair. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Flint Dilly here about robot Hair. You don't yeah. want to bring up robot hair. Yeah. Yeah. Flint Dilly actually went in the dial for a good five minutes on that.
4: <laughs> no. <laughs> it
2: just you know, I was
4: more about like as my, I did love the cartoon as a kid, was as much as I love the cartoon, I love the toys, and my favorite episode is anytime they had the Combiner teams,
1: oh yeah.
2: The Gestalts, so You have Devastator, yes. Devastator. You have uh, you have uh, you have Men- Menosaur, and you have uh, and you have Bruticus. Predaking, Predaking, and Bruticus. defensor Defensor, yeah.
1: Compitron, Yep. Yeah. You know, and, 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 th- and you
4: know, once you got to comptron it didn't it took me to season three? But then again, I was a kid. It was like, why didn't the dinosaurs, you know, the Dinobots ever? Neil made Might that
2: have... joke.
3: Yeah, they they would have turned into the Megazord.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh,
4: God.
1: I, I... I will say, just going back to Season 2 really quickly, the one episode, I mean, there are probably a lot of Season 2 episodes, but just looking at the episode list here, the one episode that I could have absolutely done without in Season 2 is uh, a Decepticon raider in King Arthur's court. Oh, God.
2: That oh, one had Merlin show up, so that was kind of cool. You. Get the fucking magic guy out of my
3: robot show. <laughs> but
2: Merlin, Merlin Merlin summoned magical lightning to repower the Autobots, goddammit. There was a dragon in that episode. Um, I just, like, Warpath goes back and he's just like, I like it here. Now, I know
1: that writing in the 80s was more so, you know, unless it was a three-part story, each episode was, you know, a one-off for the most part. There are real no direct ties. It's all individual stories. The one problem I have with this, with the Decepticons in this entire series, is the Constructicons have three different fucking origins.
3: Well, they actually have two origins, but there's a, a mini-story in Season 3 that directly contradicts both of them.
1: Yeah, the, 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 the origin story I prefer is what happens in Season 2, The Secret of Omega Supreme.
3: See, I, I don't like that episode. I I prefer the the Season 1 version.
1: <laughs> Where Megatron built them on Earth.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, they built a lot of lot of Autobots and Decepticons on Earth. Like they built the uh, they built the uh, the Dinobots on Earth. They started, yeah, but, but they built them.
3: The reason why I prefer the season one version is just because the secret of Omega Supreme. First of all, it's a stupid episode, and second, it's there are so many. I wouldn't even call them animation errors; they're just direction errors. I mean, this is a cartoon. If you can't even convey the story idea in the animation, then what do you have? They're on Cybertron, and yet they all transform into Earth vehicles. And this was like millions of years ago. <laughs> and the the Constructicons are clearly already Decepticons, but they're good guys. It's like, who made this? Why yeah. is this? Why is this like this? What? This no. episode sucks. I'm I'm kicking it out of the cannon right now. You're shooting yeah. it out of the cannon right now. Yes. <laughs> no, I think
4: <laughs> one of my. Go ahead, Oh no, I was no go ahead. Say... You go. You go. Okay, I was saying what. I, I enjoyed the episode as a kid, but when I saw it again, you know, in the modern was, I forget the name of the episode, and I'm bad for episode names, is the one where Trax goes undercover in the city. Oh, God. <laughs> and he, he, he gets boosted by this street punk who apparently, you know, could thousands of years more advanced in current Earth technology, and the only the, the way to disable a transforming robot is to snip his battery cable. And that, that, that is the auto worst Bop,
1: part, I believe. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah, and yeah, auto, and then the worst part of that episode is the fact that the Decepticons have basically they turn into MTV and they start programming people with their music in this club, and I'm like, why?
3: I think you might be connecting two different episodes. No, I think the, no, connect, they are the exact. Vector, they they yeah.
1: are the exact same episode. Autobop is is that mm-hmm. episode? Mm-hmm. Trax and Blaster uncover a, a hypnosis plot.
3: Yeah, but I don't think that was the one where Trax got his wire stuff. I think that that human character appeared more than once.
1: Well, he did, he did appear, well, he did appear more than once, but he premiered yeah. here. Okay. Yeah,
4: and then you got where, uh, you know, Trax is strapped to the speakers. it's shaking me up hard. And I was like, really? Wouldn't, like, humans' heads be exploding for the level of, like, you know, whatever, like, sound waves that are shaking, like, this robot of,
3: like, Ow. Oh, and the, the quote-unquote song that is playing in that episode is the exact same song you hear in a G.I. Joe episode that by a band comprised of Cobra troops. Uh, <laughs> Cold Slither? Yeah, it's
1: Cold Slither.
4: It's time for intermission, boys and girls.
1: And finally, Web Fiction World. Before web comics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing.
2: The current
4: con- comic continuity from IDW is... Arcee started off a guy, and then a Decepticon mad scientist introduced gender into Transformers.
3: Yes, yeah,
2: then... so that means that she's a post off.
3: He performed a lop it off of me.
2: Oh. She <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: shortened her gun barrel, let's put it that way. Wow.
2: And then she started running around trying to kill him, and she had fangs and was PMSing. Well, wouldn't you? Transformers Animated is
1: really where I found a lot of the gender bending, where they switch the genders and stuff like that. Uh, in Season 3, Episode 30, uh, the Transwarp uh, three-parter, they showed Red Alert as a female. I actually prefer that to the fact that Red Alert was gay for Inferno in G1. Oh, he, I and, swear to God, okay. Neil, Neil, I swear to God, there are four gay Transformers in G1, Red Alert, wave And, no, 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 hold on, hold on, no, 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 Red Alert is gay for Inferno, and then uh, Hoist and Grapple are gay for each other, because every episode with the four of them, it's like, oh, my God, what the
2: hell? It doesn't help that they have effeminate voices, too. Exactly. I say Grapple.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's what build this energy power. Power.
2: And then the girl who loved, and then the girl who loved... Uh,
1: oh, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started on that episode. That is Power Glide. So- That is the worst, like, okay, I get a lot of people don't like Five Faces of Darkness. I get a lot of people don't like a lot of the Season 3 episodes. I'm sorry, The Girl Who Loved Power Glide is the worst pre-movie episode in the entire series. It was
2: a David Wise episode,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That's a sad fact. But he he made up for it with War Dawn, so.
3: Season 2 was definitely the longest season of the Transformers. And by no coincidence, it has the most garbage in it. You can basically break it down into three parts, which is most obvious if you look at the production order. The first 10 to 15 episodes felt like an addendum to season one. And then the middle part is where all the garbage is, because that's where you're introducing the new characters. And you're having a lot of spotlight episodes, like uh, Powerglide's Stupid Girlfriend and and Hoist Goes Hollywood. And yeah,
1: I know what you're talking about. You got
3: that one Beachcomber episode about the Golden Lagoon. I like the Golden Lagoon, damn it. And then you have the last ten episodes or so where they start bringing in some of the early season three characters.
1: Season three characters didn't start until the movie. I mean, the the movie characters ended up yeah. being the season three characters.
3: Yeah, but what I mean is that uh, the the aerial bots were part were technically part of the '86 toy line, but they came out in late '85.
2: Right. Yeah.
3: And that's how they got shoehorned into season two.
2: I like the Golden Lagoon. Nobody
1: likes the Golden Lagoon. Yeah, it's kind of a.
3: A sissy story it's like it's like the the message at the end is that war is bad and and you got beachcomber going like we won and and they just show all the devastation in the forest around the golden lagoon and i'm like you know fuck you i don't i don't need you i don't i don't need writers with axes to grind writing for transformers get get this out of my transformers continuity
1: for me probably the best episode for me out of season two is War Dawn. I, I absolutely love that episode because we finally get the the uh, the origin of Optimus. And I and he's believe, a puss. yeah, <laughs> I believe in the um, in the interview I did with David Wise or, or an interview that I had seen with David Wise. He told uh, he either told me or he told the person he was talking to at the time that the original write up for War Dawn had. Megatron uh, basically cutting his arm off. It, 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 he said it was the single most violent episode he has ever written for cartoons. And he had to rewrite it a little bit.
2: <laughs> well, they yeah, had those cut. violent points they had to get around. Yeah. yeah, And uh, that was...
3: They had they had that one character, Dion, who apparently died in that episode. They never like yeah. outright said it. But... Yeah.
2: Well, isn't he supposed to be... Iron-eyed?
3: No, he's not Ironhide. He's not Cup, He's not Ultra Magnus. Those yeah. theory,
2: those theories suck. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. La 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 la. <laughs> Wait, isn't there one where where, where Skyfire actually does the Gerwalk mode? Oh yeah, but that was that was like season one. That was uh, the day day of the machines. Mm-hmm. He does he does Gerwalk. Yeah, <laughs> for people that don't know this, in in uh, Macross Robotech, uh, see Skyfire's design is basically the Valkyrie. And the Valkyrie could do something called Gerwalk mode where it's basically still a jet but has legs. Yeah. And arms. Yeah. Yes. Captain. And yeah, and see, there's some sort of settlement with the toy company about that somewhere.
4: Well, that was the whole thing with that last half of season two, is like as much as a lot of people complain about cartoons in the eighties being commercials, season two of Transformers was a commercial. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Like every episode you got like, oh hey, Transformer
2: who was on the ark and we just never mentioned before welcome to the team well the ark is a huge huge uh, wasn't there an episode that was you know that was loosely taken as the premise for the second live action movie um yes there
1: was well not not well okay here's the thing revenge of the fallen has megatron's space needle in it from uh changing gears the season two episode "Changing Gears." In season one, "Darker the Moon" took the ultimate doom three-parter where they bring Cybertron to Earth.
2: Yeah, but but don't they? Was something something like about like a like a sun destroyer or something, and uh, having in, to dra- in,
1: wrap- in the, I just told you in the episode "Changing Gears," Megatron creates a a solar needle. Yeah, and yeah. that's what was in "Revenge of the Fallen." Here, look.
2: Yeah. And then they have, like, the Alibaba's driving from America to... Uh...
3: Yes. <laughs> That's okay. It's, S- Scooby-Doo once drove to China.
1: <laughs> God, let's Only go Scooby-Doo
4: there. can go to China.
1: We, we, we no don't want JT's brain to break.
4: No, I just re- I remember that episode just because as a kid. It's like, so you can reprogram Transformers by plugging
2: different videotapes into them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Gears... Gears is actually one of the worst Autobot designs I've ever seen. Because
4: uh, you, you, you see this picture on the the link Mike put up here, where he's like, "Hi guys," and it's like, "Why am I thinking of Tommy Wiseau from the sh- Room?" No, <laughs> Why
2: what I see, am I thinking? What What's a what's a Gobot doing in my in my Transformers?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's not even.
2: Okay. I, Look at okay. him. Tell me that's not a GoBot.
1: It is. It is. It is, it, 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 it is a GoBot design. But here, Here's my thing on GoBots. The GoBots. Okay. Get, the GoBots. I get, I get that the GoBots came before Transformers. I'm <laughs> sorry. The GoBots are Kmart knockoffs of the Transformers. I don't care that the GoBots came first. I will always say that they are knockoffs of Transformers.
3: Well, we win anyway because in Japan, I believe Diaclone actually came before uh... – machine robo so sure. it just doesn't matter
1: no not really uh, Yeah, go ahead neil well i was gonna i was gonna mention very
3: quickly the the japanese episode uh
1: scramble city
3: yeah which was uh notable for a couple of things it was the first uh, technically the first appearance of ultra magnus uh Trypticon and metroplex but it's also the only episode ever that had both uh Chip Chase and Carly in the same episode. Oh, wow. In the
1: same
3: in the same scene, actually. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: And there's one of one of the Transformers Vicky's has a has a funny uh caption on that, because 'cause they're facing away from each other and it says, Chip can't stand to look at Carly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's just evil. <laughs>
3: uh Oh man. Yeah, and there was there it was gonna be a two part episode, but there was no second part ever. It ends with this cliffhanger of uh Triptychon emerging from the sea, not unlike a certain uh Japanese monster. <clears throat> yes. Godzilla. Godzilla.
1: Look! It's Godzilla, he's come to kill us.
3: And I'm pretty Godzilla. sure whenever he roared he did he did the Godzilla roar. Yeah, I
1: I think it was um <laughs> The funny thing is, and this is a little side note, and I know JT will love this. Have you guys played uh, Transformers War for Cybertron at all? Yes. Trypticon, the Trypticon battle in that when Trypticon turns to his side, I swear to God, he looks like the Dragonzord.
4: Yes,
3: he did. Well, he kind of (laughs) is.
1: Well.
4: No, that's... uh, I remember seeing Scramble City I think like a couple of years ago. I saw it on YouTube, and I was like, why did they never make this? Well, you know, then, a, then you read up on it, and I realize, you know, why not? It's just this would have
3: been awesome. It's such a weird episode because it's it's got season one characters
1: interacting with season three characters yeah. much
3: more so than they even do in the movie.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, as 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 Flint Dilly always said. uh the point of the movie was they were killing off the old toy line and introducing the new one. So
2: yeah, literally. Yeah, and, uh, you, you know how quickly they decided to reverse that.
3: <laughs> I made sure to ask him that of uh, uh, Marvel, but I'm like, how fast did they turn around on that? And it was one week. Yeah, it was basically like one week. Like right <laughs> after the movie came out, they were like, we got we got to like reverse. Yeah, they got so much mail. So by the time season three hit the air, Rodimus Prime's days were numbered already. <laughs>
2: Yes, there there was something quite wrong with that Autobot song.
3: Uh, We'll save that episode for later.
2: Let's just talk about the movie now. But uh, we we just got to the movie, and eventually Neil and I are going to do a live commentary track of the movie as a movie episode, so we don't want to cover the movie too much because we'll be covering it while watching,
1: well, yeah, 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 we'll gloss over it, uh, you know, there are a lot of good things about the movie, there are a lot of. There are
2: some bad things. There are a lot. Of, I, I know that there are a lot of
1: animation glitches. If you can
2: catch actually, them. the movie had very few of them. If you look at it compared to the actual seasons, it was Toei's movie production department, after all. And you actually, oh, he also had, uh, he also had a oh. lot of. Great... I wouldn't
3: say that there are very few. They're just hard to catch.
2: Yeah, but,
1: well, also... that's what I said. It, if if you can catch them, because one of the ones I remember is. Ironhide dies on the ship in space, but yet his dead body is floating across the Autobot City battle sky.
3: And they did the same thing with uh, with the jets that they always do is when they paint them wrong. Yeah. Uh, the one scene where Starscream is holding Megatron in gun mode, and yet there's another Starscream over by the door.
4: Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's like an animation or something, just like the scene where they're all getting upgraded by,
3: you know, Unicron.
2: Oh, you're going to bring that up. I'm just saying. Everyone brings that one up. Oh,
3: Cyclonus sure. and his armada of one robot. Exactly. <laughs>
4: it's like, and it's not so much that it's like uh, Scourge and the sweeps. Okay, so you got like a bunch of robots that look the same. I mean, you had it with the Starscream and the other jets. I was just they, they, they were
2: the Seekers.
4: Yeah, the Seekers. I reject couldn't that term. Couldn't Scourge get like you know a, a, like a nice purple stripe on? you know, get, like, some sergeant bars or something on his arm. Like, you couldn't tell, literally. You got you got more than, hell, if you got two sweeps, you can't tell because they all sounded the same. They all looked yeah. the same.
1: Well, well, the thing between, the difference between the Seekers and the sweeps is the Seekers, all of them, including the Coneheads, all had their individual personalities. When the movie hit, you had Galvatron, who is the leader now, you have Cyclonus, who was his second, you know, second in command. Because you know, let us face it, Starscream went boom, and then he became a ghost. We'll talk about he didn't that. Be,
2: he didn't become, he didn't go boom. He went fizzle, and then cash. okay, well, yeah, that uh, wasn't a boom. But, that was that was but a the disintegration. the thing
1: with the the thing with the sweeps and the, between the sweeps and the seekers is, I think they wanted less characters. That's the thing with the sweeps. You and and that's why they designed them all to look the same because you could just interchange them. Oh, this one's scourge this week. No, this one's scourge this week. Yeah, I never thought
2: of that before. And uh, what what interested me was uh, was you had all these people who were not voice actors but regular actors, and the the team here did a really good job of making them give voice actor performances versus just oh this is a this is a, a this is a big name actor we're going to have bo- be a voice actor just to get asses and seats. Right. Because Judd Nelson did a great job as a hot rod and uh, Robert Stack was really good as uh, Ultra Magnus. And there were just so many eight year olds who knew who Orson Welles was. Well, you
1: know and, and 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 the funny thing is about the about the Orson Welles thing is that
2: He was. Uh, yeah, it's uh Flyn Dilly actually says, Well, you look about as big as a planet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that and also on the... I, I'm not sure if it's on the 2007 Sony BMG DVD commentary or if it's on one of the special features on that DVD. Nelson Shin basically said that when he came in to read his lines, they, the voice you hear in the movie is a lot of effects and amplification behind his voice because he could barely talk. He could barely
3: fit through the door. Okay. Uh, Tom was talking about the the voice actor's laugh on the the G.I. Joe episode. He was was not being very kind to Burgess Meredith, and I thought Burgess Meredith did an excellent job in in G.I. Joe, the movie. In Transformers, it was awesome to have Orson Welles, but his performance, if... If I did not tell you that that was Orson Welles, you would not know that was.
2: That. Lots of people think that his last line, "You cannot stop my destiny," was actually Leonard Nimoy with the effects behind it. That's what a lot of people yeah. thought for the longest time, and that was debunked. Yeah, that's true. It was debunked, but I'm just saying that the effects behind it were so heavy that that's what people thought for the longest time.
4: You know, it's like I I love the movie. Like, I mean, I was five, and Optimus Prime was like. The biggest hero in my child life and he's like he died I balled
2: in the theater so, so no, that. I did so did so did Japanese Daniel yeah
3: oh god oh my god yeah he, that, that he's, is he's, such he's... a funny clip I should I should just throw it in right here
0: <laughs>
3: it's the Japanese not understanding drama yeah
2: but the, the one the, thing I love voice actor for Daniel.
4: Went, yeah. Well, no. So the one thing that I loved about the movie is like, as far as voices, like I knew who Eric Idle was. I was like, yeah. holy yeah. shit, Monty Python.
2: Yeah. And by, I, and by the way, Flint Dilly revealed Greckar was not threatening at all during that scene. You're not supposed oh, to feel God. any sort of mortal danger for the Autobots during that scene. No, mm-hmm.
4: I I, I, think, I thought that. My favorite voice, though, it's just because I was such a huge fan of the show as a kid, was Unsolved Mysteries. I was like, holy crap, it's the guy from Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. He's a Transformer. I was. My dad was like,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, he was, he, was, he was brought in because, uh, because Dilly was a huge fan of The Untouchables. Yeah. Oh,
3: okay. And then you had Lionel Stander, who was my favorite voice from the movie, doing cop. Yeah, that was awesome. And I'm like, wait a minute, the limo driver from Heart to Heart? <laughs> <laughs> But he was awesome. They're all awesome that movie.
4: And I didn't know until I was doing research for this episode that there's two Star Trek alums in this movie. Larry Uh, Moy? And Roger C. Carmel, who played Harry Mudd in the original Star Trek series, is
1: Cyclonus. Well, okay, now... The hunter. Actually, Cyclonus did not talk in the film.
3: He did, but... Uh, some of his he... lines are confused with with Scourge's lines. Mm- yeah. No, cause...
1: actually, the line that uh, line that everyone thinks that he talks is when Galvatron is riding in him. Yeah. Uh, you know that line where he's like, "Would you like to?" You want me to gut Ultra Magnus? That that wasn't Cyclonus. That was that was either Galvatron or Scourge.
3: Well, it would have had to been Scourge because yeah, you'd have Galvatron talking to himself, and he's he's not
1: that crazy. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet, anyway. No, like, he did
4: do, like, as Lucky City, he did do a few episodes of Season 3, and then he... Oh, right, yes, yeah, no, in,
1: in Season 3, yes, Cyclonus talked. In the movie, I I am in the camp that he did not.
4: Yeah, because, I mean, I never knew that he even was connected as, like, looking it up. I was like, holy crap. <laughs>
2: And, uh, yeah, it's uh, what amazes me to this day is the PG wasn't because of the horrible, horrible, violent robot deaths. I mean...
1: <laughs> it I was mean, because uh, of shit, damn, and fuck.
2: There was no fuck. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I remember... Uh, was it was a hound that got the really, really bad death where his innards were melting out of his mouth? No, no, no was there was prowl. no innards.
3: Yeah, it was Prowl, and he didn't have innards melting out of his mouth.
2: It was fire. Yeah. Still... Yeah, but yeah, Ironhide got it the worst.
1: Yeah, Ironhide got the fusion cannon to the face. <laughs> yeah, and then you think about that, it's
4: like okay, it's you know, you're you're killing your enemies fine, but do you really want to unleash a blast like that five inches from the control panel? Like did he not <laughs> would, punch a hole through the bottom of the ship?
3: Yeah, yeah, that was what I was gonna say. And that's that's another example of the Japanese overacting because uh I'm pretty sure that scene as well. Like long after uh, Ironhide has his head blown off, he's still going
2: <laughs> <laughs> What One thing I have to say is, the Americans got it right with Optimus Prime's name. It's Optimus Prime, not Convoy God damn it. I don't want my Autobot leader to be named after a song from the 70s. <laughs> That's a That's... throwback to the Diacon. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why they did that. Uh,
3: well, it, it's, I mean, Convoy, it,
2: it, it's a cool name, but you know, but the just, problem is this: they they made they made all the Autobot leaders being named Convoy. I mean, it's Rodimus Convoy, and then when they did the Beast Wars stuff, it was Leo Convoy. Yeah, it, well, and there, he doesn't even have a truck anymore. It's it's a lion, and he's Leo Convoy. What the fuck is this
4: bullshit? It's it's a family name. You know, I kind of like the idea. Like, uh, okay, Leo Convoy.
2: Oh I, no, he's defending Leo understand. Convoy. Oh my god, know, what the
4: fuck? I can understand not liking Leo Convoy. I did like Big Convoy though.
2: Was that the woolly mammoth?
3: Yes. God damn it. So you're saying it's like a last name like, like Shoemaker and uh
2: Yeah. Yeah,
3: we'll go with that. And yeah. Farmer. Uh
1: I know nothing. Like I am I have always said I am you knows because... nothing? Shut up. The only things that I pay attention to are the U.S. continuity. There's only one thing out of the entire Japanese continuity that I actually paid any attention to or even cared about, which was the Soundwave Blaster fight, destruction, and then rebirth of Twincast and, and, and Sound Blaster in, in in Headmasters. That's the only Head thing. on! They-
3: Those are awesome toys. I wish we would have got them. Especially which, since they kept the cassettes going for like three years after that.
1: Okay, well, you want to know what? They actually have re-released Twincast and Sound Blaster again. I can actually find you a link, so you guys just keep going.
2: Yeah, okay. The, the black soundwave, Soundblaster is but but like I said, awesome. like I said, the big thing that the big thing was. I think Authors Prime is such a better name than Convoy. Yeah, it is, and yeah. uh, because Convoy, it's it's the name of a song. You know, you know the song, right? They did that with a lot of names, though. Like uh, they never. They never called
3: Ravage by the right name. They called him like I think they called him Cougar or something.
2: Yeah. Well but he wasn't well, even a forty year old housewife.
1: Oh I, No, I think I, <laughs> I think Ravage was Jaguar.
2: That's right, it was Jaguar. Ja- Jaguar. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but see it took, it was only in it's only the most recent time that they finally started calling Optimus Prime, Optimus fucking Prime. I mean, even in, the, even in the Bay movies, they called him Convoy. Oh, my God. In Japan. Japan. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, it's, you know, Japanese have this thing for literal interpretation of names,
1: I guess. I guess.
2: Yeah. Um, but at least they didn't list their blood types. That's a big thing in Japan, too.
1: Uh. Now, the, the one thing about the movie as a kid, I was so confused because I had so many friends telling me, That there were two different, like I know there's always been like different scripts and stuff like that. But someone told me at one point when I was a kid that there were two separate films of this movie. One where as soon as Rodimus, or sorry, excuse me, Hot Rod, as soon as he picks the Matrix up, he immediately gets it. And he became the leader. And then what we actually have, and I was like, wait, there's there's no way that there's two separate versions of this movie.
2: I heard that there's two different versions of Magnus' death: one where he's like drawn and quartered, and then the other where he's just blown up.
3: Yeah, it was scripted like that to be drawn and quartered, but they—I don't think they animated that. Or if they did, they—they they fixed it. Actually, because there, there is—they mentioned this in like a fan commentary on the, on the DVD where there's some evidence that they animated part of it because the beams that come out of the sweeps—they're not—they're not like like normal laser shots. They're like. Well, solid beams, and it looks like it looks like they were going to uh, grab a hold of each limb and just tear them apart, but they they changed it.
4: Yeah, yeah. see, the one thing that uh, I always found, at least the animation wise, and you probably think, know what I'm talking about right now, is the where Ultramaze puts the Matrix. He in sort his of chest. fiddles with it. Yeah, it's just that bothers me for some reason to this day.
3: It's like yeah, that that is the biggest animation glitch in the movie, I think. Yeah.
4: It's because they just basically repeated like that
3: three seconds. I was like, "Why?" Yeah, and it it was for an for a mistake. It was well animated, oddly well, enough. They,
2: the thing is, this they could have removed like twelve frames and in fixed it. Yeah, they could have, but they didn't. And again,
3: I think that was that was a direction problem. Like, I don't think that. Uh, uh, yeah, see, most Nelson of the time Shin...
2: when Toei does shit like that, Neil <laughs> blames someone here.
3: Yeah, because I think it was Nelson Shin because
2: he. He really let a lot of mistakes go, and it was
3: stuff that could have been fixed.
2: I love Toei's animation, Neil, but I think sometimes I know. someone there does something wrong. I mean, like, when in the episode Spider-Man and his amazing friends were Wolverine fucking flies, you're like, oh, that's a directional problem. Well, what I think is that
3: they don't know what the Americans want, and I think they, they just kind of go, okay, whatever. Because if you look at what Toei actually does by themselves... Uh, they do pretty damn good animation like i you never see shit like that in Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball but uh the other the other evidence to that is acom because Acom does not have the autonomy that Toei does. I think Toei made up for a lot of the shortcomings that marvel 's direction had, and acom just didn 't know how to do that, and so you had episodes like like uh like the Five Faces of Darkness where mistakes would just. Oh, we'll we'll just we'll just have Bruticus standing next to the Combaticons, or we'll have we'll have one of the uh, the aerial bots on on Char. You know that doesn't make any sense, but we'll just throw that in. Yeah. And someone someone at Marvel USA could have said, "Look, these characters on this side, these characters on that side, these characters never appear together. These characters are dead." And for some reason, Acom never got that memo.
2: Well, Acom's like the honey badger of animation. They don't give a shit.
3: That could be, but I, I think <laughs> I've seen Acom do better work for other studios, and it seems to be a Marvel problem.
2: You're talking about the Simpsons, though. The Simpsons doesn't require that much autonomy. Not just though. the. Not All just right, the the
1: okay, back to the robots, people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, and uh, the movie was great. I mean, you, you had you had a lot of great action, and how many years did it take for a, a Unicron toy to come up after the movie again? Thirty. Almost <laughs> was, twenty years.
3: Yeah, twenty years.
1: Twenty five, thirty years.
3: It was not thirty because the movie was it, it was like oh seven, oh eight, something like yeah, that. Yeah.
1: Right, but okay. It's okay, only twenty
3: five years
4: old.
1: That's that's the that's the that's the Armada Unicron they still guess, counts
4: th- what? It still no, counts no, no. as a okay, I'm
1: not, okay. what I'm saying is that's the Armada Unicron. Now what they've done is they've gone back, repainted that in movie accurate colors. As, yes, as accurate as
3: possible because uh Unicron's uh model was all over the place in that movie.
2: <laughs>
4: yeah. Whereas, you know, the uh, prototype here they're at least trying for movie accurate. They didn't succeed and I think they ended up making it look more like Orson Welles.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad they didn't bring that toy out. That that toy was hideous.
1: Well, that no, that toy did come out. No, see, I, 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 oh okay yeah no he's okay. talking about the 86 yeah. oh my
2: god oh, that, yeah, that, oh,
1: that's the g1 toy here hold on let me see yeah i figured that they just
3: skipped him because he died in the movie but no they tried to make a toy
2: actually that's pretty close especially how they showed the feet coming out in the cartoon yeah but unicron wasn't fat in robot <laughs> so, mode yeah, here's <laughs> the uh here's, I, saw, I saw, for some reason don't mind that that much
1: here is the Amazon link for the Amazon-exclusive, quote-unquote, movie-accurate Unicron. It's it's basically the Armada Unicron toy, but it's repainted for TFTM accuracy.
4: Yeah, and then there's the uh, Transformers Cybertron version where he's, like, some weird craft of some – I don't even know oh. what the, <laughs> that thing is.
1: I don't even know what they're going to do uh, with the version that's in Transformers Prime, as far as a toy, because that's going to be awesome.
4: I don't. The design they had for Unicron in those uh, the Transformers Prime episodes, I kind of liked it. You know,
1: it's it's basically um, it's basically Unicron as a rock lord. Oh Jesus! Oh, I God. didn't
4: even think of that. Yes. Oh, God.
3: I watched that movie recently: Gobots Battle of the Rock Lords. That movie sucks!
2: Yes, yes it does. <laughs> I finally got that reaction from Neil again! Yay! Yeah.
4: The, the only thing I remember about that movie as a kid growing up is I used to watch a lot of detective and cop shows and I was like, that's Kojak. Yeah. <laughs> the, the evil rock lord leader with the mohawk. That's friggin' Teddy Savalas.
3: Yeah, and they had Margot Kidder in that. It's like, what is she doing in this movie? Looking Everyone to- needs money, Neil.
2: I guess she needed to make rent.
4: And they had Roddy McDowell in that movie, too, although I think he was kind of wasted.
2: Okay, and I'll let Neil now go into The Five Faces of Darkness. Uh, Shouldn't we take a break before we get to this? I mean, Well, we'll put a break in the episode.
1: Yeah. Okay. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, The TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show, now co-host, Pecan Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out.
2: I'm trying to find the the picture of the, this character from uh, MegasexLR, the one that was the tiny Unicron. Yeah. Where was he? It's he had a Mexican accent. That's what I remember. What was his name again? Oh God, I can't remember. Come on, that's gold. He it was a tiny Mexican Unicron. That's that's gold. Yeah, it was in the episode Universal Remote. I know that much. Okay, Universal Remote. Mecha's XLR Universal Remote. So Neil, while they're
1: talking about non Transformers crap, uh, Season Three, Five Faces of Darkness. What's wrong?
3: Well, it was animated by Acom first of all,
0: <laughs>
3: and Transformers. I I gotta call it out. It it was the seri- It was the cartoon that gave us Acom, and it's all it's all uh, the fault of one Nelson Shin. It's his fault, damn it! It's it's his goddamn fault because he was like, you know, this nice Toei animation. You know that that's fine, but I think we can go bargain basement with this. Well, that's,
2: that's fine, but they could go bargain basement. <laughs> let's
3: let's take the animation away from the studio that has that has history and know how and give it to these like this fly by night company that I just started and goddamn oh, god damn it that episode <laughs> well, the first thing is it starts out with a race they're on they're on some like uh, space. On Ci-
1: no no they're on cybertron is where they are
3: really that's that's, Cause that's they had oh. grass and dirt ah. Oh. They're they're doing the well, Olympic. Cybertron games.
1: Was once oh, okay, okay. No, I'm 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 thinking of um I'm thinking of of rebirth when yeah. when Rodimus went when when Hot Rod and and Blur are racing. Sorry.
3: Yeah, they're, yeah they're they're having these this Olympic game and who's winning the race? But Jazz, but they don't call him Jazz. They call him a different name, presumably because either the toy was was phased out of the toy line or because the voice actor was very ill at the time, but. I, I don't know why they. It, it was just very jarring. They should have. They should have either taken that out, which is probably not the most reasonable choice, or they could have just said it was jazz and then never bring them up again.
4: Yeah, and then starting with the you know the five faces here, it's you don't ever see a lot of humans in this season, and for some reason, you know, all the alien races they run into are equivalent in size to the Transformers.
2: <laughs> That's something I brought up when we were talking to Dilly. Yeah, I said, I said, you know, when in the movie they meet, they meet all these other transforming robot races. It makes it feel like organic life is in the minority in the universe versus mechanical robot yeah, life.
3: You just you lose the scale. That's only if you knew nothing about the 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 Transformers series, because you know that the Quintessons made the Transformers, and it was fairly heavily implied that the. Uh, that the Junkions were also cybertronian so those were all transformers in that episode, in in the movie it was not like different races yeah. of robots but uh yeah there there were there were tons of organic races in uh in G1 there was there was there was the one in the gambler where the, in season 2 where uh what's his name smokescreen is on what was it like? Uh, some moon of uh, yeah, it's or some something. moon
1: of some planet. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah,
3: yeah, and there's like tons of organic races. Yeah. In, season, in season three, you have the Scuxoids. You have, I don't know, there. But there were a ton of them. They're they're organic. Yeah, uh, the Scuxoids.
1: You had the you had the musical beings in uh, Carnage and C. Minor. Oh,
3: that episode.
1: Sorry, <laughs> jumping ahead, but I'm just saying. First
3: episode. Ever <laughs> worst than the five faces no, no, no. of
1: darkness. No no, 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 worst episode ever would be tied with Carnage and C. minor with surprise party.
2: Oh, oh, oh you're hurting me. <laughs> Transformers is hurting you.
1: How about but Web? Uh, Web world is fucking horrible.
2: And uh, you have Starstreams Ghost. Number one thing I have to bring up is see, lots of people are saying that uh, that. Uh, that this was a tie in later on to, to Beast Wars because uh, Starstream has a mutant spark, but let me just point out that in G one there's no such thing as a spark.
1: Okay, right. But in in terms of writing and in terms of making you know making the characters, and this is in Beast Wars, making the characters more relatable to people, you had to give them something. So what's yeah they what, have what, to give. What them would souls. be what would be the equivalent to a robot of a heart that would be a spark that fuels them.
2: I'll let Neil ta- take it from here. I, I <laughs> have so speechless. much rage right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that episode,
3: though, was was weird because it was tied into two other episodes, and I'm pretty sure that none of them ran in the right order. Because it started with... Uh, actually, it started all the way back in, uh, in uh, The Five Faces of Darkness, because it ends with, with uh, Blitzwing turning on the Decepticons. Yeah. And then they were supposed to have another episode uh, progressing that storyline along, except Hasbro goes, no, no, you're not going to use Blitzwing. You're going to use Octane because it's the new toy. So Octane uh, steals Trypticon for God knows what reason, and they go to Carbamia, which is the most prophetic name of a cartoon country of all time. Carbomia?
1: Yeah. Car-bom-ia is why is one of the main reasons why... Casey Kasem no longer was Cliff Jumper.
3: Yeah, and I think the other one was that Cliff Jumper, he wanted Cliff Jumper to be a vegan or something. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of Shaggy. Yeah.
2: Uh,
4: <laughs> no, and, it's like uh, in Carbomia, engine explodes you. <laughs>
3: yeah, and, w- and what timing? Uh, 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 that guy just died, Umar, Gaddafi. Uh, yeah, Gaddafi. And, yeah, from that episode, it progresses on that uh, Octane was kicked out of the Decepticons and, and he runs into Starstream's ghost. And then, after that, there's the one where Starscream actually comes back to life, because he's helping Unicron.
1: He, first of all, takes a hold of Scourge. Yeah. And they go to Metroplex. They steal Metroplex's eyes. Scourge destroy- drops one and breaks one of his eyes. Yeah. Uh, and Metroplex, such overacting. My eyes! My brain! It hurts! Ow! That was,
3: that was painful to watch.
1: Oh, my God. Um. Okay, so, he... So they have one good eye and one broken eye. So they then have to go back to Char.
3: Oh, and I love Scourge's delivery on that. They're like, we have to go, we have to go back to Earth. And he was like, but we were just there. I
1: know. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so they have to go back to Char to get one of Trypticon's eyes for Unicron. And so during this, Starscream has to let go of Scourge to, to go do whatever he has to do. He then takes a hold of Astrotrain because Astrotrain has more cargo room. It's the new model, kids. Uh, you know, so they then go to Unicron. They hook up all this stuff. They get Unicron's head functioning again. Unicron's master plan is his his new body is going to be Cybertron itself. Uh, basically, at the end, Starscream double crosses him and says, "Hook him up yourself." You know? <laughs> and this is after Starscream gets his body. And he's floating through space and, and, and Cyclonus at the end of the episode is like, ghosts don't float through space.
2: <laughs>
4: oh god, my head So hurts. this is
2: basically Fallen, the Cybertron edition. Uh, The Denzel Washington movie?
1: You're describing, yeah. It's, yeah. I guess it could be, yeah. I'm just like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> I had heard a rumor that
3: because they had learned from the death of Optimus Prime, they were actually go- going to bring Starscream back again in season four, and that was go- that was going to tie into how Zarak was going to overthrow uh, Galvatron. But mm-hmm. of course, they never got around to that. I don't even know if this is true. It's just something I had heard. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I would have been okay for them
2: bringing back Starscream yet
3: again because it was it was just it wasn't the same
2: without him. Yeah, you have to have Chris Latta in a in a uh, Sunbow production.
3: Well, he was in season three, but he was doing Defensor, and Defensor is not funny.
2: Yeah.
1: He's like,
3: I'm going to put up a force shield.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. Now, and, I I am a Rodimus fanboy. I've always loved Hot Rod. I've always loved Rodimus. The
2: okay, problem, so Winnebago. The
1: problem is Winnebago. They the problem is they turned him emo.
2: The burden hardest to bear. Exactly. What's the wrong, only really bots awesome thing
1: in that episode was uh, when Return Scourge turned
2: the Matrix. Return the Matrix.
1: No, not even that. No, 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 not that. Not even the Galvatron scene. When Scourge stole it after Galvatron expelled it, Scourge put it in himself and it turned him zombified. That was awesome.
2: Return the Matrix. I remember one of the one of the uh, past primes in that vision was actually looked like RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> It may have been. Wasn't there one that kind of looked like
4: Obi-Wan Kenobi with the beard? Yes.
2: Oh, God. It's like, it's like let's draw some shit. They make some shit all right. <laughs> well, that They're was a Toei some... episode. I remember they had some scale issues when they showed the that that woman next to uh, Rodimus, and then he transformed it into, like, like a go-kart.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, Marissa Fairborn.
2: Yeah.
1: Marissa Fairborn is the child of two of the G.I. Joe characters. And Lady Jay and Flint. Yeah, I couldn't remember which ones off the top my head at the time.
2: And uh, this all leads to what Neil calls the big fuck you, where you know where Hot Rod's like, okay, I'm gonna be the leader now. I'm gonna do awesome. Let's kick Galvatron's ass. And then yeah, he
3: he finally gets his confidence. He's like he's like, yeah, I'm the leader, and I'm, we're gonna go kick some Decepticon ass. And then Optimus
2: Prime comes back. Optimus, <sighs> I'm gonna eat the Matrix. You brought him here to kill me. Although
3: it was even worse than that because. This the spore plague breaks out. He's like, "Shit, I don't know what to do." You know, I bet if we brought Optimus Prime back, he would know. And I'm like, "You suck. You're fired."
1: Okay, well, really, honestly, seriously, you should be more pissed, Neil, about yeah. the fact that Flint killed him in the movie.
3: Yeah,
1: brought him back as a fucking zombie in Dark Awakening. <laughs> Actually, Neil again, talked
2: in Dark Awakening, and then brought him back to life in Return. Actually, what Neil's what Neil said to me was when they, when he saw Dark Awakening, he saw it in three parts on the Bozo Show.
3: Yeah. God. So
2: yeah, they showed they showed it like uh, they broke it up by
3: in in three parts per day or no no uh, one part a day. per day yeah one part a day and they broke it up where the commercials would be. So the first the first part I saw was it ends it ends at the part where Optimus Prime is back and I'm like, hey guys, Optimus Prime is back. Yeah. And then the next day I'm like something's not right with Prime. <laughs> and then and then the Hot third day Hot Rods I'm like, back.
2: Let's party. You
3: know? and then the third oh, day oh, I'm, like, no. I'm like he's dead again.
2: But Hot Rod's back. Let's and party. This,
3: and this time he's more dead than he was the last time. <laughs> but let's talk about the continuity on on uh, the return of Optimus Prime, which it didn't have any. Yeah. Cuz it wasn't even in continuity with with Dark Awakening because no. Because what happens at the end of Dark Awakening? He gets blasted in half. He he flies into a Quintesson trap and gets blown to bits. In, in The Return of Optimus Prime, he's going toward a sun? What? And he's in one piece. <laughs> yeah, he's in one piece. No damage at all. Not even the damage
2: from the movie. Not even what? the damage from where he was blasted in half in Dark Awakening. And the episode doesn't even have continuity with itself because... They
3: they set up this they set up the subplot where like where like a small group of Autobots are gonna be teamed up with Prime in the second half, and that list of Autobots keeps changing throughout the episode. Like it started out as Blur, Bumblebee, and and Wheelie, but Wheelie disappears after like two scenes and he's replaced with Cup. And at some point, uh, Steeljaw was in there and then he got traded with with Blaster. And I'm like. What is this group? Who who's in it? I don't understand. The
1: only the only real mainstay of the group is after the big battle, and they they're all injured, and Prime's like, "Is anybody left? You know what? Whatever." And they list off who's left, uh, and not this Prime goes, "Oh fuck!" No,
0: yeah. shut up, <laughs> shut <laughs> up, B. you
1: know. So so they're like, "Well, do your best to repair them if you can, Mister Quintesson. That repaired me." And afterwards you get, um, hey, Optimus, I'm no longer a bumblebee. I'm a gold bug.
3: And at that point, Optimus. That's what we'll call you, shit piece. Optimus <laughs> Prime lifted up his uh, his rifle and just shot him in the face.
1: Okay, now, now <laughs> it was a kindness. Me personally, I like the design of Goldbug's character in the animation simply because it's not just the same old bumblebee as we've had for plate. the previous two seasons. Um, I know a lot of people don't like it. I know specifically Dan Gilvezan, the voice actor for Bumblebee, didn't like it at all. Um,
4: but... Well, is he supposed to have, like, was that a radiator grill for a face, or is that supposed to be some sort of beard? It's I thought that was a face, face It's plate.
1: a face plate. It's a, it's it's a just prime look- face plate. It's a wrinkly prime faceplate. <laughs>
2: um... So yeah, so so, and uh, it, it turns out that the matrix was filled. Matrix was filled with the one weapon that could destroy hate plagues, and and uh, overweight the method actors. Knowledge. Now, what I really
1: for like when I went back, I was going to say rock.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, it was filled with knowledge, right. and it and and uh, using it one more time. Like set of its knowledge, so the end of the series is where Optimus says we're going to search the universe for more knowledge to fill up this matrix again. Yeah.
1: The only the only thing about G one that really really surprised me because I I did not see this coming, and I haven't I had not seen Return of Optimus Prime in years. When I first reviewed it a couple of years ago on the TFG one podcast, I did not remember this, and I know it wasn't the movie. I know it was the cartoon and everything else, but just. Seeing them use the touch again, yeah. I was like, I did not remember that. What is that doing in the cartoon?
2: Holy shit, that's awesome. Well, you know, they couldn't they, they couldn't get Stallone to use it, so. Oh,
1: God, will you get off that shit already? No,
2: I, I know it's, uh, you
4: know, Return of Optimus Prime, you know, the end of the series, but you guys glossed over what is my probably favorite episode of Tommy, season three. Tommy! You know?
3: No, no, no. We're, we're going
2: to get to that later.
4: No. <laughs> Favorite episode of season three, without a doubt, was "Call of the Primitives."
2: <laughs> oh. Animated by, we think, Sunrise.
4: Yeah, yeah. You can tell. That's the one thing I noticed. Like, even as a kid, is like, wow, the art
2: kind of step up
4: in this episode.
2: Yeah, it's a Neil and I were we were discussing with Pablo Prino about possible animation studios for this one. We all pretty much agreed it's most likely Sunrise, not TMS.
4: Yeah as much as I love this episode, by this point, I had read, you know, some of the, I'd gotten into the Transformers, like, Marvel comic series, and knew about how, you know, they consider, like, Primus and Unicron to be basically yeah. God and the devil. And it's like, Unicron was built by some squirrely little backwater planet recluse. And he thought he could do better by making a living energy field. It's like- because that's the thing, like, right, it's like this giant energy spider that, you know, it flies by planets and saps the energy out of Cybertron and the, the moon where the Autobots and Decepticons were fighting in the beginning of the episode. And then it, it's like, nah, you know what's going to be scarier? A vaguely demonic face and a glowing ball of fire.
3: But what's, what's even worse than that is how it's defeated. By yeah. turning on the reverse switch.
4: Why <laughs> did I think of that? It's like you ruined my lab. I know Grimlock think the
2: smartest thing he ever done. I was like, thinking of Grimlock and smart, we forgot flowers for Grimlock. Oh yeah.
3: What about Grimlock's new brain? That's yeah. what I'm
2: talking about. Uh, flowers okay. for Algernon reference Neil. Oh well. Okay, so yeah,
1: Grimlock's new brain is where we get Computron.
2: Uh, yeah, and we also I call this flowers for Grimlock because you know hours for algernon's a book about a retard getting smart so
1: right i remember i read it in school thank you very much uh, i i think honestly the only other episode in season three we really need to talk about is only human
3: oh yes
4: <laughs> <Old snake.
1: laughs> <Cobra! clears throat>
4: who still has incredible fashion sense
3: yeah but he's human again which shows us that maybe he maybe he was operation- once a man Maybe Operation Dragonfire isn't continuity. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the spores just wore off. Maybe. I think I like that explanation better. <laughs> and uh, and, you, and you see a female RC for once. Mm-hmm. And I know lots of people were very happy about that, but I wasn't one of them. So Except that she was wearing overalls. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we forgot about one thing, Neil. Neil is a big fan of Ultra Magnus' cartoon design because he thinks toyocracy was not a good idea. Well, that's that's a general uh, a general assessment I had of the entire cartoon show is that they,
3: they, except for a few characters in season two, they left toy accuracy alone because you could not you cannot have those figures be literal in cartoon form. It just doesn't work. Yeah,
2: the Ultra Magnus especially because uh, something that the car, the yeah. comics actually did was have Ultra Magnus have an inner Autobot, which is a White Prime. Yeah, See, that.
1: that's that's the. Biggest fucking thing I hate about Transformers toys. In the toys, all his Ultra Magnus is is a white Optimus Prime that pisses me off so much.
3: Ben didn't believe me until I showed him that uh, that the way he connects to the trailer to form the larger robot is that he just clips onto the back. Yeah, <laughs> that's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, you turn him around and you see the white Prime. It's right there. It's, yeah. it's stuck on the back.
4: Although yeah. they did uh, play with that in the Dream Wave uh comic series where they say he's basically he's optimus prime's brother and yeah and they
2: and they they had him blast out of his his bigger body and reveal his inner autobot i saw it i hate it Uh, good night it's not that bad it kind of is and uh yeah let's talk about it we're getting to the end of the show we have to talk about it the final episode neil the
1: final. Okay, hold, fuck hold you. Technically, technically, it is season four, even though it's only three fucking episodes. The yeah. final. Originally, it was supposed to be a five-parter, but
2: because uh, Sunbow, because of mercy, it was three parts.
1: Well, because of Sunbow and Sunbow going under and basically closing its doors, they cut it to three parts. Yeah,
4: and since there was the last episode, and they knew they we were making one, they turned this into a flat-out commercial. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you had the throttle bots, the twins on both sides. You had punch, counter punch.
1: Now, I I like punch, counter punch. I think that's an interesting thing. I, I do like that. I oh,
4: well, oh no, I love that. I always wanted to get that one as a kid, and I could never find it. And six shot because I could find it, but I could never afford it. Ninja consultant, five
1: five down. It's like shooting cyber ducks
2: in a barrel. Ninja consultant, six shot, huh?
3: Oh god,
1: oh, like I said, we'll
3: get to that later in the episode, but. Punch and Counterpunch was another argument I had against toy accuracy in the cartoon. Because if you look at the toy, all you have to do is turn him around and you see, oh, he's an Autobot in disguise. Shoot him. Because he's got Autobot signal on his back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. The only thing that I really wanted to argue with Neil about over rebirth is what happens in the C section. (sighs) Odd. Okay. Remember I told you months ago Neil that I had an explanation for Daniel? Okay. Okay. He,
2: he, yeah, his parents. Shut up, Ben. I, shut head. up. This
1: has nothing to do with you. Sorry, Ben, but this has nothing to do with you right now.
2: <laughs> my
1: explanation is Daniel got hurt. Basically, he he his he, the the robot broke his spine. So he has to live on life support. Would you but rather they, live on a they, life support machine or be inside the head of a, a giant robot?
3: But they also brought him into the war, which is the problem.
1: Okay, and <laughs> they have him fighting
3: that. Decepticons. This crippled kid, and what happens in that episode? He gets captured.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's true.
3: <laughs> it's, it's like it's like he, he gets injured, so you're going to put him in more danger. Good plan, Spike. <laughs> Good plan. Well,
2: technically, well, that technically,
1: is nothing but a giant exosuit.
3: Oh,
4: if you know you look at only human that kind of that, that's the one thing about like only Human. just go back to that it's like all of a sudden they have cockpits for humans in robot mode
2: they always did it well
4: just, it just confused me because you know you they never kept the humans inside of them when they're you know they're rolling down the street and the decepticons attack and the humans jump out and they transform it's like you're just a safe inside aren't you i mean aren't
1: you? <laughs> yeah. Apparently not.
3: But, first of all, it's a story where Vector Sigma sets in order a series of events that puts the Earth, the Sun, and Cybertron all in danger just so it can return Cybertron to its original golden state, which was only in one other episode. Another reason I don't like this episode is that it takes the, it, it borrows from the comic version of the of the Headmasters, which is, they went to another planet with with humanoid characters called called the Nebulons. And, and they wore the transformed versions of the heads as exosuits. And the one point I'm going to give to the Headmasters cartoon is that they did none of that. They said, okay, these are just small Transformers who built big bodies for themselves. And they transformed into the heads, and that's the explanation. And it was much, much better. Now, granted, the cartoon is not that good. Head on. Oh, God. I... I, re- I realized recently that it was entirely Japan's fault for that for that whole thing, where they have to go transform every time they change modes, and I'm like, why the fuck are they doing that? Why don't they just transform like they do in G1? It's like why does this have to be a fucking toy commercial?
2: Maximize. I mean, I mean
3: aside aside from the fact that these are toys, but still, it's like <laughs> they they have to they have to over sensationalize the functionality of the toy. To the point that in the headmaster's cartoon, the chess compartment opens and it does the tech spec thing. I'm like, really? They would never have done that in the Sunbow series.
1: Well, now I do have to say though, uh, they- the whole or orga- you know, tech organic thing kind of happened in Rebirth because you have yeah. organics inside the technological robots.
3: Yeah,
1: and
4: technically, they but- kind of reference the tech specs in the toys. It's like you. Downloaded into your the backup memory circuits in your chest. And like, uh,
3: oh, you're making it hurt more. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but you see, it made more sense for the hive because the hive's bodies were withered anyway, so that kind of yeah. worked. Yeah, but it didn't make any sense for the other for the up, other nebulons. It's like, it's like how how is that an advantage? It well, and they even showed in the episode that it's not because they're like, we don't we don't like your plan, Optimus. We're gonna go stop. We're gonna go destroy the key to to the plasma energy chamber ourselves, and then all the heads come off, and the the guns transform, and they run away. And they're like, shit, we can't do anything without our heads. Yeah. I'm like, see, it's not a good idea.
1: (laughs) Now, I will say, because I don't – yes, yes, he was killed off in the movie. Because Wheeljack was killed off in the movie, uh, I do like them – bringing in another Wheeljack-type character in Brainstorm. I really liked Brainstorm in, in Rebirth. I thought he was kind of cool.
3: And I like how, uh what's his name? Uh, the, his, his Wasn't Perceptor
2: part... like the brainy guy after after Wheeljack, though?
3: Well, he was kind of the, the, the middle guy. He was there for part of Wheeljack's...
1: Yeah, Perceptor and Wheeljack were in the same seasons for a while.
3: Yeah, and then Perceptor kind of took over his job after that, but... uh Arcana, that was that was the name of Brainstorm's partner. He picks Brainstorm, and he, he kind of nonchalantly uh, insults Brainstorm, and he's like, but I like his enthusiasm, and then he climbs inside the head.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: And then uh, what was the name of the one that went inside Highbrow? Oh, uh, Arcana? Gork? Yeah,
1: no, I, I think...
4: Was it Gork? Gort. No, Gork. Highbrow. Yeah. He's
1: yeah, like, oh, I'm not happy about this
4: either, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I, the the target masters all had like spoil sport and pinpointer and you know they had like these cool almost heroic sounding names and then you got like fracas and you know all the like douchebag sounding names for the Decepticon weapons and even as a kid I thought it's like do they just like completely re-engineer their spine so they can bend over like one eighty like that because that's basically how the target masters
2: transformed yeah it's just like Oh my god, that would hurt. So, uh... So, so yes, after the Rebirth, we have to talk about them re-airing Transformers with the giant Toy... Not CG, JT. uh, Toy Optimus. uh, (laughs) They use CG in, like, the the distant shots, but yeah. Uh, I don't think they ever Tommy? Tommy, where are you? Don't sneak up on me like that, Tommy. I thought you were Decepticon. But
1: I did like... Power Master Optimus Prime. I actually had a Power Master Optimus Prime. I thought that was kind of cool. What really pisses me off is... I have to
2: go to a space conference now, Tommy. I leave you with the touch.
1: What really pisses me off about After Rebirth and everything else for the American series is that they renamed it Generation 2 and gave it a goddamn cybernetic space cube, put a fucking border around the G1 episodes, and that's... Here, kids! for a new generation that's so fucking lame.
3: Yeah, and that that cybernetic cube thing was annoying cuz it was constantly on the screen. It was yep. like every time they changed an angle, an angle, they would it would go and it was constantly like whirring and clicking and doing all this shit and I'm like, "Oh my god, make it stop." <laughs> yeah.
1: And the only the only
3: good thing I can say about that, and this is kind of a backhanded compliment anyway, is that they fixed the glitch in in the first episode where <laughs> where the the Decepticons raid the ship, but there's like they just repeat the the same shot from before. <laughs> they actually fixed that.
2: So it's uh, so so it's not quite as good as, as of a re-edit as say uh, Power Rangers uh, remastered. Oh God! God. Hey, those sound effects were gold. Those sure fat, were. Photoshop filters, gold. Damn it. <laughs>
1: wrong just uh, wrong <laughs> so um yeah rebirth is really where it ends for me so i'll still be here i'll still probably comment on on some of the stuff but if you guys want to get into the japanese stuff i just want to i just want
3: to cover headmaster for a little bit because ninja consultant 6 yeah the this,
1: well i think i've
3: already said what i what i need to say about ninja consultant 6 shot is just it's that that dub it's it's too bad that they didn't put the dub on the new on the new uh headmaster set because that dub was gold <laughs> it was it was spectacularly bad and awesome at the same time because not only were the voices terrible but they didn't even get most of the names right it was like blur was billy and and i think i think blaster was called wally and and, and the best one of all is spike because they they somehow mangled his name so much that he was named Sparkle.
2: Oh, God, <laughs> yes.
1: Sparkle,
3: Sparkle. Mr. Sparkle. <laughs> Disrespectful Sparkle. to Dick.
2: <laughs> what I love, I actually listen to it is, is Neil is right about every character with a faceplate. Like they think, they talk like this. <laughs> I'm the music consultant six-shot.
3: <laughs> now that you know who I am, look out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's, That's just my favorite line in the whole show. And and Soundwave will just make you cry because instead of having the, the cool, monotone vocoder voice, he's like, oh, I'm a sneaky guy. He literally says that in one episode. I'm like, oh my god, that is not Soundwave. I would Fuck rather you.
1: have that than fucking Dr. Claw. Okay, I, I, I get it. it's awesome that Frank Welker got involved with The Dark of the Moon and, and, and Revenge of the Fallen. I get that. That's fine. But fucking That's hell. Fine, but... You could have given them a vocoder, for Christ's sake. Yeah. But the best
3: part of the Headmasters cartoon is the death of Ultra Magnus. Because it's so ridiculous. It's it's Sixshot. Sixshot was positioned to be Ultra Magnus' rival in this cartoon. And Sixshot has this power where, where not only does he have six forms, he can split into six parts. And he and each part can transform into each of his modes. So he's just wailing on, on, on Ultra Magnus. And get this... Uh, Metroplex is like maybe five feet away, but he's busy fighting Trypticon. He can't get Trypticon off him for five minutes to kick the shit out of <laughs> six shot. He, it, literally, they're fighting by his foot. He's like, uh, "I'm I'm too busy." But
2: after the left a little bit,
3: yeah. After six shot, just basically kills Ultraman. By the way, the amount of damage that he takes in this is far less than what he receives in the movie. It's like he just has like a flesh wound. <laughs> it's a if, wound. if Ultra Magnus was a human, you know he, you know he'd be in danger of getting an infection, basically. But they give him, they give him the most ridiculous eulogy of all time, where they put they put him in like a casket, like literally like 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 the thing that uh, that Dracula sleeps in, and it's got a cross on it, and he's and they threw flower petals in with him. It's really ridiculous, and then they fly him over a lake. And they drop go, ah, the yeah, they drop him into a body of water. And Fortress Maximus, you know, he, fortunately, like, as with the other toys, you know, Fortress Maximus is, is he's the same as the little character as he is the big character. And he delivers this heartfelt eulogy as Ultra Magnus' casket descends from the Fortress Maximus playset and into the watery grave below. It might as well have been, because it was just as ridiculous. Oh.
4: <laughs> I, I tried watching the first episode of the Headmaster series on YouTube once. Uh, I think the account's since been, like,
2: Well, I love the Japanese version where they had this scene where they're doing karaoke, and they actually sing the they sing the end theme song. Well, it's just... Let me find that right now.
4: Oh, God. Because I don't know if it was the first episode. It was the one, like, with where you see, like, Jinrai transform into Optimus Prime, and it's like, okay, is he wearing jewelry, or are they just trying to uh, rip off Marvel Comics' Captain Marvel? Where... You know,
3: I, think you're, I think you're talking about Master Force. Cause... Is that Master Force? Oh, I thought that was yeah. Headmasters. Oh, that's that's another thing, is that in Japan, Power Master Optimus Prime doesn't exist. It's, like, a completely different character.
4: Yeah, it's like God Jinrai or something, isn't it? Yeah,
3: and I'm like, you know, the Headmasters is okay. I'm not sticking around for Master Force. And I know a lot, a lot of people are going to be really angry at me about that, because they're like,
1: what are you talking about? Master Force is the best Transformers cartoon ever. Rawr. Okay, now here's, here's my problem.
2: Okay, Here it is. I the, think I found okay. it.
1: Oh, the other thing. Yeah. Uh, here's my problem with the Japanese stuff. It's there, Japanese there are no real good dubs. I'm not sitting there reading my fucking TV or my monitor. I'm just not.
2: Yeah, they they only they only had uh, they only had Gary Chalk and uh, this this is and, me applauding uh, David Kay doing the voices in in Robots in the that, Skies that's absolute shit.
3: This is me applauding him for dissing the fact that there's no decent dub.
2: Yeah, you heard it here. He, he, he said that Gary Chalk and uh, and uh, and uh, <laughs> and David Kay did horrible jobs in the Japanese dub. Okay, what was that? I'm just looking at this
4: clip here, Ben. What was that sound wave blaster? What was that? It's like a sound wave colored blaster.
3: Oh, it was the naming. The naming here was weird on it because Soundwave turned into sound blaster, and okay. in, ja- in Japan, blaster was known as Twincast. As twin.
4: Okay, was, he was like, he was
2: broadcast, and then he changed into Twincast.
4: Right. I was like watching, so, I was like, "What
2: the hell was that?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which part of this clip you're watching? Because I'm still watching it.
4: Uh, it, it it's just that like uh. Like 16 seconds in, just as they're flying out of uh, Fort Max.
2: Okay, it's uh, one thing I hate is the train Gestalt looks like shit. Yeah, that
3: that toy. There was a reason that toy didn't come out here because that toy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it looks it
2: looks worse than Menosar, and
3: Menosar looked like shit. Well, well, Menosar was cool, except that I don't. I'm not a big fan of the of the cartoon design for Menosar. His arms are kind of weird. Yeah, his arms. Like, were just how, how do his arms bend? <laughs> yeah, his arms are just cards. Like. How do they bend? There's no, there's no elbow,
2: but yeah, the the train bot was just kind of yeah, oh. yeah. Trans head on. Yeah, that's what they scream out in this cartoon. But yeah, keep watching it. Uh, you're gonna get to the uh, you're gonna get to the the uh, end credits, JT, with the humping. Oh, oh shit. so oh, so God, so yeah, if
1: it. I was if I was gonna rank all of the United States continuity Transformers cartoon as far as how I th- how like from good to bad. Or, you know, good to tolerable. Yeah. Uh, the way that I would rank them as far as the writing goes is uh, Beast Wars, Transformers Prime, Beast Machines, Animated, and then G1. If I was going rank- to rank them out of nostalgia, it would be almost in chronological order: G1 to. Uh, to animated, and then Prime. Transformers Prime is is really awesome. They just wrapped season one. Uh, season two is supposed to start next month, supposedly. But, I mean, the, you know, you guys talk about how, Neil, you said just how bad the CGI... What the was hell
2: that? was <laughs> that? <laughs> he got to the humping. He got to the humping. <laughs>
1: That's
2: just... What did uh, you, you see, JT?
4: Uh, Spike jumping into the air, and then his sun landing on his butt, and they flew off together.
2: Yes, those those how he's thrusting his pelvis forward when he landed. Yes. Uh, That's just not right. It gets worse. It just, watch the helicopter part. was well, where yeah. Spike's hand is. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Talk about oh. stroking that blade. Uh,
4: oh, God, my brain hurts now. <laughs> <sighs>
3: So where were we? Oh God! We were now
2: about the karaoke. To, we, we, I was looking for the karaoke. Oh, it's at the end of the episode. It's at the end of this clip. Oh, there's the karaoke. I'm drinking. Oh that's, yeah, that's the same episode
3: where, where Spike and Wheelie get drunk. See, uh, one of the one of the things I actually like about the Return of Optimus Prime is that it kind of implied that Wheelie died. Yeah,
2: Wheelie, <laughs> really, see, it's
3: like you said. You said Wheelie was one of the survivors. Where would he go?
2: Oh, he didn't make it. Sorry. <laughs> Yay! Yay!
4: Oh. Chrome Dome's getting his swag- swagger on.
2: Oh, God, this animation is no, ass. No,
1: Chrome Dome is getting himself polished.
2: Well, oh, that comes later, Mike. <laughs> Chrome Dome's on. You can dance?
0: I can, can dance, dance, dance
2: better than he can sing. I cause... can dance if you want to. Oh, God. All right. You can dance. You can dance.
1: Overall, without analyzing it, I can always watch G1. I love it. I don't care how bad it is.
3: I think it has the best character writing of any of the Transformers. Yeah, each
2: it. of these characters had great personality and it's Yeah. It's it's a credit to the voice actors as much as the writers too. Bec- yeah. Because you know Now the continuity is another thing, but
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey
4: but, what was the
2: what was that one Japanese cartoon where that teenage Japanese kid turns into Optimus Prime by being really angry? Was
4: that well, Master
2: right. Force, wasn't it? Neil, you showed it to me before. This Japanese kid's getting really pissed off, and he turns into Optimus Prime. I'm drawing a blank here. Actually. You showed it to me, damn it! He was like in a car know. accident, and uh,
3: you know, for some reason, I I I know it has almost nothing in common with this, but I keep thinking of that one uh, Godzilla movie where where the kid like basically imagines the whole movie, and then like it's <laughs> a lesson to like stand up the bullies or something. Oh, oh that uh,
4: all monsters attack.
3: Yeah, something like that. I think that is the
2: one, yeah. Yeah. It's
4: where Godzilla yeah, fights that monster with peas all over its back.
2: Oh, God. But. Well, that kid must have hated his peas. Oh,
3: uh, wow. I, I heard a good joke once. These two these two guys are sitting uh, in a restaurant, and one guy says, uh, look to the uh, waitress. He goes, what kind of soup do you have today? And she goes, well, we have chicken soup and pea soup. And he goes, I'll take the chicken soup. And then she goes to walk away, and he goes, wait, hold the chicken and make it pee. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> wow.
2: with, that, with that, we shall wrap up Transformers. Well, before uh,
1: we wrap this up, I do want to ask everybody: out of Generation One, who is your favorite Autobot and who is your favorite Decepticon? JT
4: favorite Autobot was Grimlock. uh Favorite Decepticon was Soundwave.
1: Neil,
3: I'm going to go with Cup for Autobot, and then for Decepticon, I'll say Starscream.
2: Ben. Optimus Prime and Starscream. I liked Hot Rod and Astrotrain. Okay, that explains so much. Now to uh, <laughs> shut wrap the fuck up. up.
3: Astrotrain likes having other Decepticons inside him.
2: <laughs> yes, he does.
3: Because he's got a lot one... of
2: room back there. Wow! And, oh God! And, wow, uh, JT. <laughs> and, uh, and, and this is Ben.
4: TV Smith, Neil, JP from Saskatoon,
2: and I'm TFG and Mike. All right, and good night. Goodbye. So long.
1: Emerging from the dark humor that was the Beast Unleashed podcast, Steve Megatron, TFG and Mike, Pecon Court, Michael and the Cybertronian correspondent Optimus Solo move on to Transformers Animated with Transformation Animation Podcast. 20 episodes covering all three seasons of the cartoon, the books, and the awesome toy line. We'll also have cast and crew interviews, so get tapped with GCRN's next Transformers franchise podcast. Transformation Animation Podcast, available on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Get your tap on.
0: Decepticons! Transform and rise up.